three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. everybody thank you so much for listening this is the real pineapple and this is your humble host hunter here i've got over (laughs) okay you know what let's just get this over with i've got a review for elvis which is directed by uh baz uh, lerman who you of course know from directing moulin rouge um which is excellent by the way uh romeo and juliet uh oh yeah he did do australia didn't he australia uh, the Great Gatsby. So he actually actually hasn't directed anything since The Great Gatsby. It's almost 2013. So, look, I have made my feelings about Elvis very clear. He just stole black music and went ahead and put a white coat, a very white coat of paint on it, and went ahead and profited and made a bunch of money. You know, good, good, good for him. But but when I heard they were doing this biopic, my first thought was, okay, I feel like you need to make this a miniseries because it is Elvis and. Despite my personal feelings on the gentleman, you know, there is a lot to go ahead and cover uh, in theory. So I will be the first to admit again, like I just, I went in this with a bad attitude. I just went, I don't care. I, I don't want to see this. I could give a shit. And after getting out of this movie, I've, I've got to admit, I feel the exact same way <laughs> because God damn it. I just, here's the thing, y'all. Um... Austin Butler, who plays Elvis Presley, that is the bit of credit I can actually give to this film. I don't, I'm not saying his performance is, you know, Oscar worthy. It's not, by the way. I, I'm seeing some people go, it's as good as a, uh, as Rami Malik, which by the way, Rami Malik's performance wasn't Oscar worthy, even though he fucking won. Uh, Will Smith has an Oscar too, so the fuck what doesn't mean he deserves to win. But Rami Malik, I didn't think was a great, uh, or even a good Freddie Mercury. Um, some people are comparing this to Teron Edgerton's Rocket Man, and that's it's not even fucking close. Edgerton is light years ahead of this portrayal. But what I do have to give Butler credit for is a lot of the dance stuff where he's like swinging the hips and staying up on his tippy toes and all that. Like a lot of the actual movements of Presley, because I was really looking as closely as I could for that. And it looked like he did a large portion of those bits. So I have to give him a a, a ton of credit for that. The biggest issue, or one of the biggest issues with this movie is Tom Hanks playing uh, uh, Colonel Tom Parker. And look, I'm such a huge fan of Tom Hanks. I've talked about on the show dozens of times about how he's one of the greatest actors that we've had in the last 40 years. He's a genuine national treasure he's america's dad he should be fucking ashamed of himself for this fucking movie he is horrible in this movie and the thing is he's he's in a fat suit and it's really distracting like in in a lot of cases watching stuff i can kind of go like all right i've seen this enough that you know it just doesn't distract me anymore but the more i kept seeing him i'm like man that that the makeup's not good on this he 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 looks kind of like uh oh what's his name a fat bastard from the austin powers movies and like the makeup's even like 
The makeup should be better in Fat Bastard considering we're in 2022 and it's not. I, I know he's lost a lot of weight, but goddamn, they should like this was a role that John Goodman would have fucking crushed. And that's all I kept thinking the whole time is man, I'm sure John Goodman has a little bit of time in between uh heading back to South Carolina to shoot Gemstone season three. And the fact that no one reached out to him, there's there's plenty of heftier actors in Hollywood that could have done this role. So getting Tom Hanks, the only thing I can assume is that they went, well, Austin Butler's not, you know, a household name. We got to go ahead and bring some credibility to it. So let's get Tom Hanks. But really all it did is it just took away from Butler's performance for me. And that's quite frustrating because the first, I would say, oh God, hour of this movie, it's just fucking odd. And it's really just dumb because it shows Elvis as a kid and you know he's a big comic book fan which I do remember reading that he actually did like comic books but they have him dressed up as a uh, you know Shazam uh Captain Marvel Jr back uh back uh, back in the day uh you know he's got the lightning bolt or like a lightning bolt basically flavor flavor clock <laughs> around his neck he's got like the pendant around his neck and it, it's one of those things where I just went you know I, I I'm not buying this and one thing that we've um, that's always been talked about when it comes to Lerman's films is that they move at a frantic pace and there's so many quick cuts and everything. And that really does the film a disservice here, especially in the first act, because everything is moving so quick, you don't feel like you ever get to know who Elvis is. So when Elvis, you know, of course, gets in peril and things start going bad, you're not as emotionally attached because you don't you haven't really gotten to know him as a person. And I, I mentioned that Tom Hanks, I think it's fucking terrible on this, but one of the big things is that they tell this really from Tom Parker's point of view. And this is one of those times where as cliche as it would be, because, you know, even Walk Hard made fun of this, it would have been amazing to have this told from Presley's point of view, maybe before he goes out and sings uh, uh, sings uh, his last song, which I will say I thought was actually really well done here in, in, in the film. But telling it from Parker's point of view, it really robs the film so much of what I think would have made it stand out more. Because we're not here to see a Tom Parker movie. We're here to see a fucking Elvis movie. And so the fact that we get a lot less Elvis than I thought we were going to get was kind of insane to me. But moving on through the movie, um, as far as uh, as far as Presley, you know, we get to see his rise and fall. Um, one of the first or the, his first kind of big performance when he's, you know, basically playing, you know, country music. And, you know, we first get to see him, you know, you know, wiggle the hips and all that. The way those concert sequences are filmed for me are far and away the best parts of the movie. That first concert scene is kind of like, eh, this is okay. There is one later on. And they show it in the trailer where Elvis has been going through some uh, some turmoil from, you know, people going like, you're, you're making girls feel things. How fucking dare you? And, you know, he's told, don't you dare wave, don't you even wiggle a finger out there. And, you know, he goes up on stage and talks about how, you know, people are telling him how who he needs to be and no one's going to go ahead and do that. And I really found that speech kind of inspired. I was like, oh, okay. And then he wiggles one finger and then goes into, uh, I believe it's Heartbreak Hotel, which I was like, okay, man, that actually goes, that, all right, fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, There is another scene later on. And, I, you know, actually, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a second. But it's, 
it's really frustrating because there is a movie here that I think with another director. I think, oh God, who would I get to direct this? I think Spielberg, if he hadn't done West Side Story and he did this Elvis movie, I think Spielberg could have nailed this shit. Because even though I'm not in love with West Side Story, like a lot of people are, it's damn sure better than, the, than this movie is. And the movie admittedly does try to go ahead and uh, kind of get ahead of obviously what my biggest axe to grind has always been uh, with Elvis, how, you know, we we don't talk about the fact that he really took, uh, fuck it, stole black culture and music and went ahead and used that, you know, for his personal and career advancement and really never gave anything back to it. It was cool to see some black artists in here like B.B. King, like Little Richard, like Fats Domino, uh, you know, like Big Mama Thornton. I mean, cool. That's great. But really, their purpose is to be there to go. Well, we checked that box. We don't really even get the, like we get one James uh, or one Little Richard performance, which admittedly was cool. But that's really it. We're not like Elvis talks to B.B. King for one scene, maybe two. And one of the scenes is B.B. King basically being Elvis's bagger Vance and being like, you know, that Colonel's going to screw you over. You need to go ahead and, you know, keep your head on a swivel. He doesn't say that, but he might as well have said that shit. And that's really all we get on, on that front. And that was something I went, uh, all right, that's, you know, that's pretty dumb um so i wasn't crazy about that also the fact that the movie basically opens up with him as a as a poor white kid you know uh living in uh uh Tulipo, mississippi uh uh, uh Tupilo, pardon me mississippi and how he used to sneak around and see uh black people dancing in shacks and shit and going to black church and feeling the holy spirit and going ahead and being inspired by that i just just went oh god okay we're we're doing it this way the movie really goes out of its way at points to uh to really overcorrect to try to make elvis seem way less uh right-leaning than he was there's this point where <laughs> when martin luther king jr gets uh, assassinated you know he flat out goes like dr king he was always right about everything and i just went oh give me a fucking break dude <laughs> Like, you didn't say that shit. You don't, you, dude, you don't care. Not this much. And there's there's multiple moments like that in the movie where I just rolled my eyes. I mean, I still remember the fact, and look, I didn't do a bunch of research on Elvis for this review, because again, I don't care. But, but the fact that I still remember that he went to the White House to ask President Nixon for a fucking narcotics badge so that he could go ahead and play his part in the role on drugs, uh, war on drugs. Like, like Elvis was that dude. He wasn't this, you know, Negro loving, like, let's go down, you know, let's go down the honky tonks and let's go ahead and sing together. He was, that wasn't Elvis. So them trying to go ahead and, and make that spin. I just kind of, I definitely was rolling my eyes. Like, give me a fucking break. Also, they gloss the fuck over, uh, the fact that when he gets married or starts courting, uh, Olivia, uh, uh, I'm gonna butcher your name, I'm sorry, uh, Dijon, uh, Dijon's, uh, Priscilla Presley, A, she was fucking 14 when that happened, which, again, the movie just goes, shh, shh, 
<laughs> when that happens, they kind of just meet and they just go, all right, they're together, shut up. Um, and it kind of takes off from there. And Priscilla, Priscilla Presley, I know is still just riding Elvis's coattails all these years later. They end up getting divorced, of course, because why wouldn't they? And it's really weird because the way they meet is so rushed through. And so by the time we get to the actual divorce, and, you know, the movie plays it up like, oh, man, like, isn't this tragic? I went, I mean, this could be tragic if I knew anything about their relationship, if I got to know anything about her, if I got to see them together, you know, independent of him playing music. But that's really all it is. We don't get any real downtime uh, with Elvis. One of the close, the, the really the closest thing I would say the downtime, or one of the closest things we get to, uh, to downtime with Elvis is when he does, uh, right before he does his comeback special, and he uh, hires these guys to go ahead, you know, help him, uh, you know, get back to the top, as it were. And he asks them straight up, like, what do you think of my career? And, and they flat out go, like, you know, you're, you're in the toilet, you know, like, you suck right now. And it's one of those rare moments for me that they get, they let Butler just act and let him be vulnerable and there's really not a lot of that until the last half hour but by then you've been sitting through a two-hour fucking movie so at that point i'm just kind of going i i don't care can we wrap this up um like i said this is two hours of uh, two hours and 39 minutes and it, it feels like three hours easily um god i'm trying to think uh, trying to think of uh, of what else um hanks really does sink a lot of this for me um i'm sure this was made in some parts (laughs) in earnest but at the same time if you can't execute that doesn't fucking matter uh this was written by uh by baz lerman uh sam bromwell uh this is their debut uh as a, a screenwriter and then uh craig pierce was another writer on it he uh wrote on uh romeo and juliet uh moulin rouge uh, the Great Gatsby, Charlie St. Cloud. Holy shit. Oh, that's not good. And then, uh, and then wrote this. And then the other writer was, uh, uh was Jeffrey, uh, sorry, Jeffrey, Jeremy Donner, who went ahead and wrote, uh, Heartbreaker, uh, back in 2010. Uh, oh my gosh, I remember that movie. Um, yeah, so not, not a crazy amount of, like, you know, talent on, on the writing side, but, Okay, how do I want to put this? I think if you're an Elvis fan, let's be clear. If you're an Elvis fan, you can give a fuck what I'm going to say. You're going to go see this movie anyway, and you're going to go, oh, he went, thank you very much, thank you very much. Oh my God, Elvis is the best. Like, it, it, it could... It could fucking matter less what I, what I fucking say. But as a person of color watching this movie, I was just sitting there rolling my eyes going, give me a fucking break. I don't care. And I should care more for a movie that's almost three fucking hours. I should get to know Elvis more as a person. But again, you really don't get that until the last 30 minutes or so when you get to see Elvis really spiraling. Uh, the film earlier on does hint at his drug use and the one emotional attachment or the main emotional attachment I was able to make is I was really comparing Elvis to uh, Mickey Rourke uh, in The Wrestler in the sense that Elvis is just running himself into the ground because you find out, uh, eh, that's kind of a spoiler, I'll leave that alone. 
but you find out one reason why uh, the colonel was pushing Elvis so hard. You kind of go, oh, that, huh, okay. But it's almost like Elvis was a pro wrestler in that sense where, where he's just having to perform over and over and over again. And you do start to see the wear and tear on just his body and on his psyche. But uh, one of the things that I know some people, uh, most people probably who don't like him, uh, criticize uh Lerman 4, it's the fact that his shit is so frantic and it's so erratic. And this is one of those times where he really should have slowed down and just let uh, Austin Butler go ahead and shine. But because so much of the focus is on Hanks, there really isn't a lot of chances to do that, which is really quite terrible and really does a disservice to, to him, which again, fucking sucks. Um, there, There is this line where... <laughs> And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but someone flat out goes, you can't cancel Elvis. And I just rolled my eyes going, oh, my fucking God, you are so you're so pointing that middle finger at those those damn liberals. Like, why would you want to cancel Elvis? And it just there are just moments like that where I went, I don't care. Shut up. Shut up. The, um, the, the scene I mentioned with B.B. King, where they're having this conversation about music and B.B. King flat out tells them, like, dude, they're not going to arrest you. There's too many, you know, there's too many people making money off of you for them to arrest you and let's be clear while elvis does get arrested if that was bb king doing that shit he wouldn't have made it in the fucking cop car so elvis got off fucking light as far as i'm fucking concerned but the movie just kind of goes yep yep this is elvis's tragedy like doesn't that suck and i just i don't know y'all the, the the more i'm sitting there watching it and, and i've talked about this before um i've had a couple of my friends go like dude you went in this movie you know with bad attitude that's not fair i'm sorry that's why trailers fucking exist i'm not supposed to go in into every fucking movie excited for what I'm going to see. I had a feeling I wasn't going to like this, and yeah, I didn't like this at all. But credit where it's due, I thought the uh, the cinematography in some parts was really well uh, was really well done, especially on the concert sequences. Um, I don't have the name of the costume designer, but they did a, a painstakingly great job at points as far as the outfits that elvis wore like it looked very like he looked like elvis just off the clothes uh just off of his uh attire but there's a lot of stuff that they just don't touch on at all that which i would think for a three-hour fucking movie you would uh they don't get into the memphis mafia really at all they're just a bunch of random people who you know elvis knows who are always hanging around but they don't talk about the they kind of have one throwaway line about how you know he's supporting all of them they kind of get into it with him and his mom and in their uh tumultuous relationship but that's not even really addressed nearly well enough for my liking before uh before she dies Elvis's mom died. That's common knowledge. Shut up. It's not a spoiler. But there's just, there's so much start and stop at certain things where I went, yeah, a little more clarification on that would have been nice. Uh, his dad even, who ends up becoming, you know, like, is the one who's supposed to be in charge of his money and making sure he's being taken care of and all that. His dad just drops a fucking ball. And by the time Elvis finds out, you just go, oh, wow, that fucking sucks. But there's never really any follow-up on that. It's, he's just, there's one point where Elvis freaks out on his dad, but that's really it. We're not seeing, we're not really seeing his dad become that sniveling piece of shit like we really should for that moment to hit. Um, I will give um, 
I will give Butler credit uh, on the fact that in that last third where we get to see Elvis spiral more and go ahead and, you know, he's doing the drugs and he's becoming, you know, angry because he realizes how he's being taken advantage of. Those are some of the parts where he really gets to shine the most. And I went, oh, okay, like this is actually good. I, I mentioned it earlier, but the comeback special that's my favorite sequence in the movie by a sizable margin. It felt like that was one of the few times where Lerman went, all right, I'm going to let my actor be his, you know, really become Elvis. And there is a presence that Butler brings in that scene that does feel very Elvis Presley-esque. And I was like really sitting there going, oh, wow, I'm I'm shocked that, you know, this is happening right now. But, you know, they never touch on any of Elvis's other girlfriends, of which he had several. Uh, they don't talk about the fact that Elvis was like a legendary eater. Like, there's no peanut butter, like, no peanut butter banana sandwiches. There's no him. There's really no fat Elvis in this movie either until, like, the last five minutes, basically, in the movie. Like, uh, Butler's basically the same size the whole film. And Butler's going from, you know, you know, uh, Elvis died when he was 42. But there's really no, like, makeup or anything to, like, make him look older or anything. He just looks the same, which I went, that's, I mean... That's not how it works unless you're Paul Rudd or uh, Charlie Theron. But I come on, y'all. Like, I think we've all seen pictures of Elvis, you know, in his later years. And he did not look like that. So I, I definitely was kind of sitting there going, all right, are we going to not going to go there? All right, cool. Um, I, I I don't know. Like, look, I've been thinking about my grade because I got out of this about an hour ago. And... I don't know. Like, I, I don't like this. Like, the more I was sitting there thinking about it, I was like, you know, like, could I recommend this to an Elvis fan? Like, not really. Like, I, I, I'd probably tell you to watch the, the comeback special and call it good. I'm sure there will be someone who uploads clips of Butler's performance, you know, like the best, uh, the quote, best of, quote unquote. And yeah, if you want to watch those on YouTube, sure. But I saw this at, you know, Discount Movie Tuesday at Cinemark. I paid $5.50 for this. And yeah, $5.50, was it worth $5.50? I guess, sure. But, you know, that equates to basically renting that sh this shit at home. So even if for an Elvis fan, I would say, yeah, rent this at home. There's really nothing that warrants a theatrical experience. And I can't believe I'm saying this because, you know, Tom Cruise and because... The people who love this movie have been fucking annoying about it. Thank you, Nathan. Um, go see Top, Top Gun Maverick over this shit. Like, don't you don't need to see this on a big screen. If you really have to see this, wait till it comes out on, on Prime Video or Voodoo or wherever you get your uh, you rent your your movies. But for me, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give this a D. A D for just dumb. I just I just didn't care. And at the end of the day, even for something I don't care about, if I feel like I learned something about the, the artist, I can't at least go like, oh, all right. You know, at least I feel like I learned something. I really didn't feel like I learned something at all. It felt like very much like a fluff piece to go, hey, black people, like, see, Elvis, Elvis had some black people in his in his band eventually. Isn't that cool? Uh, uh, he probably only paid them three fifths of what they're worth. Uh, uh, like it's just like, I sh shut up, shut up, shut up. So, I yeah, whatever. I, uh, I, I can't even be like that angry, you know. That's not true. I was pretty angry walking out of this 
Oops, never mind. What am I talking about? But yeah, if you have to see this, rent it. But this is something I'll never watch again. If someone told me like, hey, you want to go see this with me? Even if they were buying dinner afterwards, I'd be like, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to see all this again. Uh, but yeah, this is a movie that exists. So uh, Elvis, have you seen it? What did you think of it? Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. Uh, don't forget to like both of our pages on Facebook at uh, The Real Pineapple. That's R-E-E-L Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and uh, let us know what you think of the show. You can find us most places you listen to podcasts. Uh, SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, and TuneUp. Uh, samsung podcast now at the real pineapple um oh yeah guys is there anything else i want to push oh yeah find me on uh, letterboxd at black shazam and you can find me on tiktok at black shazam 775 um thank you so much for listening we'll have reviews coming up here soon for uh, thor love and thunder which i'm really excited for that uh we'll have reviews up for miss marvel uh when that uh concludes we've got another couple episodes of that gonna have a review for the princess uh, as well which i've got plenty to say about that but uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe out there. Get your booster if you haven't gotten it. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.